Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. In this episode, we talk about suffering. We've all been there, or are there, or know someone who is. Some of our Christ Chapel Women's Ministry team, Shelley Davis, Lynn Kitchens, and Wendy Lyon, share their stories with us. Each of these women has seen the goodness of God in the midst of really painful suffering, and they share helpful wisdom of what we can either do or avoid when those around us are suffering. We truly hope you are encouraged and equipped by their stories. Okay, I'm Lynn Kitchens, and I'm here with my wonderful friends, Wendy Lyon and Shelley Davis, and we're here to talk about suffering, something women usually don't like to talk about because it's about pain, emotional, physical pain, um, not a lot of fun. It can come from our own sin. It can come from other sins. It can come from just living in a broken world. But it can also come from God testing us and God's discipline in our lives. Uh, we'd rather not go through it. I was thinking because we're doing suffering about when I first moved to Texas and I left my home near Chicago. I left my family. I left my friends. I left my college. I left my job and came here because I married a Texan whom you all know, Mm -hmm. and he was wonderful. But after I finished college here, I really think all that transition just began to have an effect on me, and I I pretty much felt like I lost who I was. I lost my identity. I felt pretty lonely, um, didn't have a lot of direction, became depressed. It was not a fun time. And so that's one of the first memories I have of of a deep suffering. And so I know you two have some stories as well. You know, Lynn, you know um, a lot of my story, but um, I didn't become a believer until I was 24. And I had a significant time of suffering in my life when I was uh, 15. And so when I think now back to that time and to my life as a believer, it's so different to compare those two experiences of suffering as a non-believer and as a believer. Uh, When I was 15, my mom died suddenly one day after school. um, She had a heart attack and died, and I was with her. And and it's hard for me to even describe how painful that was for a 15-year-old. But even more than just being a teenager and having it be my mom, my memory of it is as an unbeliever, it was like, drowning emotionally, the suffering was, because uh, everything was dark. Everything was hopeless. There was not one um, light or one solid thing to stand on. Um, it was it was just drifting in this sea of grief. And so then if I fast forward to my life as a believer, um, one of the times of suffering I had was several years ago, um, and you both were there. So I know you remember this, but my um, sweet grandson, Aaron, when he was two, he uh, accidentally ingested a fatal dose of a heart medicine. And so after um, they rushed him to the hospital, 
hospital, uh, Cook's emergency room said, there's no antidote for this. His heart is going to stop and there's not anything we can do. So when the kids called me and said, he's, he's dying and they can't save his life, um, as incredibly overwhelming as that was, the first thing I did was reach out to God, something I didn't have when I experienced the loss of my mom. And so it was so different. Uh, I immediately went to the Word of God and began to, you know, just cling to the truth actually of Psalm 46, God is my refuge and my strength. And I just held on to that. I knew that I had a rock to stand on. I knew that I had someone that walked along beside me and cared about me and even if the worst possible thing happened and we lost that sweet two-year-old, I knew I was not going to be alone in that suffering. And it was such a completely opposite and different experience. I wouldn't say it's joyful to suffer with God, but it certainly is hopeful to suffer you know, with God. And y'all know the end of the story. Uh, they did find... It's an a good ex- end. Yeah. yeah, they did <laughs> find an experimental treatment to put him on a heart bypass machine and saved his life. And he's the cutest 10-year-old you'd ever see t- uh, today. So it and was... And we got to watch your faith mm-hmm. through all that, that difficult time. And it was really... It gave us um, encouragement just to see your faith during that. Well... Yeah. It's amazing to have a God to cling to on your worst day possible. That's yeah, right. I saw your faith lived out at the hospital, and it really um, left a lasting impact on me. I remember being there in the waiting room, um, and you, the chapel was to the left of the waiting room, and you said, um, I want need to go pray and be with the Lord, your anchor. And one of your good friends said, hey, Shelly, do you want me to go with you? And you said, no, not right now. i I just need to be with God, and um, I just, I just love, love that. You know, um, you have, I, don't, I don't know how you experienced um, suffering without the Lord, like with your mom dying. Because I was very uh, blessed to be able to know the Lord at a very early age. I was a believer, and um, I think my hardest trial when I think of suffering is growing up in a family um, with a dad that's an addict. My dad was a drug addict. I know you've heard that story, but it left, it still uh, has left a lasting impression on me. Um, I just didn't know um, what I would come home to. My dad was in different moods. I didn't know if he would be passed out or angry or kind. Um, it was very unstable and uncertain. I had no idea... Um, how we would pay for anything. My mom didn't know. We didn't know where we would live. Sometimes weekends, we'd have to go stay with my grandmother. And so that left me very insecure. You know, I was in junior high and already in an insecure sixth grader. So having that in my life, I um, it was, it was a, the most painful time in my life I've ever experienced. Um, but like you said, God was my anchor. I really had nowhere else to go. I praise God that He saved me at such an early age because um, I went and talked to Him. I climbed trees and tried to get as close to Him as I could, and I'd open His Word and read it and just cling to His words, words and Romans and scriptures I'd learned in church. And so um, I would say um, now the suffering I go go through, um, that 
that time with the Lord, He really sealed um, our relationship, my relationship with Him. He became mm. my very best friend. Mm. I remember just during that time when I first moved here, um, and I was sort of caught in the depth of that sadness, um, just feeling that deep uh, hurting, insecurity. Um, I would believe lies that were out there, you know, just kind of floating around that I wasn't needed, that I was unimportant. And I got so caught up in that lie. I can remember putting a calendar up on my kitchen wall, and I would write down what I accomplished each hour throughout the day, just so I could look at that and feel good about myself later on. It was hard. Yeah, you know, Lynn, we are so spiritually vulnerable uh, when we're suffering. You know, yeah. we're um, at the weakest point um, in our life, and the pain is so great. And I think Satan pursues us in that vulnerability. He, it, it's like you've put down your shield, and he can shoot every arm, every dart and arrow uh, at you. Um, And I think for me, you know, one of the uh, struggles I had feeling vulnerable during suffering is thinking, have I been abandoned by God? If if God is so big and so powerful, um, you know, in our humanness, we try to step in and keep people from suffering, you know, stop their pain, whatever. And God doesn't always do that. So it's hard not to believe the lie that he has abandoned us, um, you know, in the midst of our suffering, or even that um, he's not big enough to Mm -hmm. stop our suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I can, I have lots of lies I believed at that time as a kid, not really very mature in my faith. And so um, I looked around at who I was. I looked at myself instead of looking at who God was. And mm-hmm. when I um, was young, I thought, okay, God, we go to church every Sunday. I serve in church every Sunday. I'm a good kid. I was well-behaved. I did everything I was supposed to. I went to a Christian school. But when I looked around in my circumstances, they didn't look good. And so I looked at them and defined God according to my circumstances. And um and I thought, it, if you're a good God, as what I've been learning, I've been learning about you that you're a good God, why does my life not look good? And it really confused me. Um, so it, it, it pushed me to... Um, pushed me to the Lord because I thought, I have nowhere else to turn. I know you're good, and I have to hang on to it. It's the only thing I had to hang on to. And um, I know we've all go down the what if trail. What if we end up homeless? What if we end up dead? What if we... There's so It, it was not a, a helpful place to go because it led me further and further from the Lord. So He's all I had to cling to. And Satan loves it when I redefine God as not a good God mm-hmm. or a God that is present. And um, it's during that time I had to I had to really search the scriptures and cling to him and trust that he is good. 
Yeah, that reminds me, uh, your what if um, <clears throat> lie reminds me of my if only lie. Yeah. If only yeah. that hadn't happened. If only, I have a friend who years ago was in a fatal car wreck and she really struggled with if only I hadn't gotten in the car. If only, you know, we do have to come to terms with God's sovereignty and um, his great great power. Um, and, you know, along with that, we have to not make people bigger than God. You know, one of the lies I really struggled with was, oh, that person is never going to change. And, you know, in my suffering, and God would have to remind me every single time, hey, I can change anyone. Um, so it's hmm. it's interesting the things that we begin to think when we're vulnerable and right. suffering. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's almost beyond us to be able to think God can do something good with that situation. He does, though. Um, and for me, and I think for all of us at this table, that's the hope we have to know that He is with us in the middle of those trials, and He does not waste them. He uses them for good in our lives. We can trust that He cares about our pain. He hasn't abandoned us. So we turn to Him. And I can remember in the kind of the midst of that time that was so sad for me, I would get my guitar and sit on my bed and sing this one line of a song I knew over and over. And the line is, um, I know not what the future holds. Lord, I have no way of knowing, but I know the one who holds my future, so I have no fear of where I'm going. And I also am reminded because of that truth of Romans eight twenty eight that God can work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You know, I love your statement that uh, you said it's hard to believe God can do anything good in our pain, but... Um, you know, it's so interesting to me because I didn't grow up a believer in church, and so I really didn't know the Word of God. And as I look back on the hard times and the uh, painful times that I've had in my life, uh, what God really did there is take me straight to the Word of God uh, because I wanted His answers. I wanted to hear His voice, and fortunately, I hold His answers in my hand every time I pick up my Bible. So when I would question God or question my circumstance, the answer for me was, go to His Word. He's going to speak to you out of there. And of course, I didn't always get the answer that I wanted, but I always learned more about God. I always learned more about what he, how he wanted me to live my life in the midst of suffering. And so I finally, took a long time, but I finally learned on my most painful day, where did I need to be? In the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And he, he did the most interesting thing. He, would, he kind of gave me categories of things to learn about him in the midst of my suffering. Like if I would think, well, this, this is too hard. Even God can't handle this. Well, then he would lead me in the Word to really studying how how big and powerful is God. You know, uh, go look at uh, Job 42. You'll see all of the things that uh, God answers Job with. And he absolutely is big enough and powerful enough. If I thought God doesn't really love me, he would say, go 
read in my word about the love of God. Mm-hmm. So it really, suffering and pain was really a tool in my life to uh, take me to the Word of God to right. learn the truth about who God was. So He uses that suffering in uh, some unique ways in our lives. Mm. Yeah, I remember the verse that meant a lot to me was James 1.5, where it says, when you're in these kind of difficult, hard scary places, just go to God and ask for wisdom. Mm -hmm. And what a promise that we can get wisdom from God himself to help us kind of understand and walk a dark path and knowing that there's, uh, he's at our side and he's giving us wisdom during it. And then James tells us, and while you're trusting him, inside of you is being just this built this deeper faith, and even the word steadfastness. He gives us that steadfast faith to continue on. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know what that steadfast faith really looked like, but I wanted it. And um, so the verse that we're talking about, the scriptures here, and I, I there are some that I just clung to because that's all I had to cling to. And um, as life looked crazy and uncertain and unstable, God's word was certain. And uh, Psalm seventy three twenty three, one of them is, "Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by by my right hand and you guide me with your counsel." And then Hebrews thirteen five, "I'll never leave you nor forsake you." So I confidently can can say, "The Lord is my helper. I will not fear." Those are certain words. I always with you. I will never leave you. And I just clung to those. I didn't know what exactly that would look like in my life, but I just had to um, obediently just trust that the Lord would always, always be with me. Um, and that was something I could stand on, His unchanging character. That gave me a lot of security. And my insecurity, it gave me security that there was a solid foundation I could stand on that was certain. And I love it because God's Word is alive. It's just not something we read. And if that were the case, it wouldn't really help us. But it goes into our heart. It goes into our mind. It it brings courage to our soul. His Word is alive. So we recognize God is with us in our suffering. I have learned a lot of things in my suffering. How about you guys? You know, um, that's a, such an interesting thought to sit back and really think about that. Um, and I could give you a huge list because he's taught me so much uh, through hardship and pain and suffering. But, you know, one of the big aha moments I had about suffering is that suffering is not the end of the story. You know, God is going to bring something out of the suffering. It's like the grain of wheat that dies, um, and then you one day grow a stalk of wheat out of that grain of wheat that dies. That's what suffering is. And if you think about the cross, um, we have a tendency to think about Jesus on the cross suffering. But that's not the end of the story. The end of the story, or actually the story started three days later um, at the empty tomb, and God brought redemption to the entire world, to each one of us. And so I have to really remember in the midst of my suffering, this isn't the end of the story. God has a plan here to bring something good and great that 
I hope I'm able to see, but it might be years later when you see that great fruit from suffering. And you just have to trust that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You really have to um, trust him for those good things that you can't see Mm -hmm. coming out of traffic. It's Romans 8, 28. Mm -hmm. God works all things together for good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I love that. It's not the end of the story, and it's also not the— end of suffering here on earth, um, I will say one one area of life that I'm smack in the middle of right now and I don't see an end to is just um, that involves my daughter, Evie. She's 19, and I know several of you have met her. She's has Down syndrome, and she is a truly a gift from God, and we she's brought us so much joy. But there's a lot of struggle and pain and suffering that comes from that, and I find myself falling into old patterns of what if, of um, what if um, she's not able to get a job? What do I do with her after... 22 when she can't go to high school anymore. What do I do if um, we die before she does? Um, And I just have to continually place my trust in God's Word in that same verse that He says, um, I'm always with you and you hold me by my right hand. He's always with Evie and will hold her by her right hand. So um, it is He's been strengthening those those uh, spiritual muscles as a kid, and he's always been faithful to me when I was young. And I thought he'll—I know that with certainty he'll be faithful with me and my daughter Evie as we um, move through different struggles as she gets older. Hmm. Yeah, I think I've just learned I, I would not know God as well as I will, and because I'll have future sufferings, I'm going to know Him even better that He uses those mm-hmm. because I draw near to Him. I learn to trust His timing in things. Mm-hmm. My worship is deeper. My prayers are stronger. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that God is a faithful and a compassionate God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's um, important um, that we step into people suffering as well. And I know you all do that. Um, so great. Uh, I've seen you all do that. But, um, you know, praying for people is really important and listening for people, uh, listening to people. Um, and I've learned that even if I can't spend a lot of time um, in a particular day with someone I know that suffering, a phone call makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And praying with them on the phone is important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so- there's a lot of right and wrong ways to approach uh, people when they are suffering. I was remembering that when I was at that really vulnerable place, and my husband, of course, knew how I was hurting, but he didn't quite understand it. And it's I just gathered up all my courage to be able to approach this older woman and share this trial I was in. And so I just assumed the next time I saw her, she would ask me about it or have something to say. And she never asked me again, and she never asked me how I was doing or if I was better. And um, I could have really been encouraged just by her care and her concern for me. And that's a, it's such a great example of, you know, intentionally looking around and seeing 
Who looks like um, they're in pain today because, you know, it shows on all of our uh, faces. And that word of encouragement, um, that uh, just that minute of prayer, that uh, on the phone, just uh, calling someone and texting, praying, uh, being with them. It doesn't have to be a, some dramatic gesture. It just needs to be real and caring and intentional. Right. That would have been so helpful for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know you've mentioned, Shelley, this idea of not just throwing scriptures at people. What, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I, you know, I think we do want to use scripture and the truth of scripture, um, you know, with people, but... We can't use it as a Band-Aid. You know, we want to share the truth of Scripture in a genuine, real way. But even more than that, I think we want to live out the Scriptures um, in in their lives. You know, we want to be the hands and feet of Christ. Uh, we want to be compassion um, towards them. That's one of the things I have learned is I'm not naturally... Uh, uh, I don't think compassion is my strong suit like it is other people's. But, um, you know, I've learned through the struggles I've had over the years. Um, I had an, a bout with anxiety and depression years ago, and um, it, it was kind of unusual. It came out of the blue. I didn't really have any reason to struggle with anxiety and depression. And after I recuperated from that, what I realized was that God had um, use that to give me compassion for women that do have anxiety. That's right. Yeah. So I do try to be intentional, reaching out to people with that, and not use scriptures as a band aid, but really use the truth of scriptures to walk along beside them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've learned a couple things. Some things not to do, and that I, some bad habits I have, and then some ways God has, like you, Shelley, increased my compassion. And one of them is. Uh, Something I do that I'm trying not to do is compare myself to other people. I think, well, you know, my situation's not as bad as so-and-so, or it's not as bad as so-and-so. And so it's easy for me to um, kind of dismiss the portion that God's given me and not sit in it. So I'm really trying to just sit in it and talk to the Lord and... Um, I don't want to miss out on what He has for me during my suffering instead of avoiding it and comparing myself to other people's situations because it's my it's my life and what He's given me and he, His intention is for me to get to know Him better through that. So that's something I've learned not to do. Um, what He has done in my life is, like what you said, He's grown my compassion in a way that only suffering can do. I remember sitting in a hospital room in a... Um, I had to take Evie for some testing, and I was sitting there crying and crying. And is when I first found out she had Down syndrome. And there were tons of people in there, and they just stared at me. And I was bawling, like ugly crying. And I thought, um, I am so lonely, and I will never let someone sit in a hospital room by themselves again. I I won't do that. And it 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 really changed me. And I've I've been able to do that. Um, and it's a privilege to be used that way. Also. Um, as Evie got older, I got to know some moms who were in, uh, I knew exactly what they were going through and then they had children with special needs or Down syndrome. And I would bring Evie over as a toddler um, just to give them a picture of what their life might look like later because they were just stuck in this, will my child ever do anything? And so living out that scripture instead of throwing it at them, it was a great way to give them a vision of 
um, you can do it. God did this for me. You, you're going to make it. You're going to make this through with the Lord. He's gonna, going to get you through this and um, really change you and grow you. And I, I, it was hard because I wanted to be sad for them. At the same time, I was so excited for the spiritual growth that I experienced um, that they would have in their own life. So, um, yeah, it's, um, that's, I'm, I'm grateful. I don't know um, how, that I would ever have that compassion had I not struggled through it. And when I look back at the time with my dad and I looked around and thought, what is good? Is this a, are you a good God? God is such a good God because I've seen him use everything in my past and in the suffering in my present to um, be used for him in other people's lives and other people have been used in my life through their suffering. And that's been a huge encouragement to me as well. Mm. That so. reminds me, Wendy, of Second uh, Corinthians one three, um, which says, "Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble mm-hmm. um, with the comfort that we've received from God, because mm-hmm. it gives our suffering some purpose. If mm-hmm. we know, hey, this isn't going to be lost." We're not going to waste this. We're going to use this yeah. to reach out to other exactly. people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you guys think we'll ever suffer again in the future? <laughs> <laughs> I think we will, but praise God, we've learned a few things. Um, when we do, we know we won't do it alone. We know that God is bigger than our circumstances. We know that His love is our refuge and our rock and will get us through it. And so because of this incredible truth, let me thank God right now. Let's pray. Father, we, um, we really just going back and thinking through of all the faithfulness you've shown us in, in some dark times in our lives, we ask that you would give us the wisdom and strength to come alongside other women who, who suffer, and we share your compassion with them. And I pray for those of us here at the table, we would never forget that you don't waste any of our suffering. You have a plan, and it's always for our good. We praise you for that, and we trust you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.